Hey guys, Raw Motivations here. If you don't know who I am by now, my name is Ben Taylor. I run Raw Motivations and I'm a self-aware narcissist. I'm a person who's on this channel as well as TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, trying to drop nuggets of truth uh, every day with like small videos or the longer ones here on YouTube to try to bring awareness, growth, healing, and change. Awareness about what narcissism actually is how it affects people's lives, how it destroys family systems, how it ruins jobs and relations and all different things like that. But really trying to paint a different picture than what some people know about narcissism. A lot of times when people think about narcissism, they only think of narcissism as far as like the person who's obsessed with taking selfies or the person who has uh, inflated ego. And they don't really understand the depth of what actually happens in narcissism and how awful it can be. Uh, countless times we're talking with different people like psychologists or therapists or people that end up doing like one-on-ones, things like that, that say the same thing over and over again of we've learned about this in college and in clinicals and all this different type of stuff, but it doesn't look like this in person. Like they learn how it actually breaks down. They learn the DSM-5. They learn like the pieces of narcissism, but when it comes to actually seeing it out there and interacting with it, a lot of times people fall prey to it just the same way that everybody else does, educate or not. Because narcissism looks a lot different than how it reads or how people learn about it in a classroom. So I'm trying to bring awareness about what it is and how it affects from my perspective, from a narcissist perspective of saying like, hey, this is what's actually happening. This is what's actually going on. And we try to do this by interacting with multiple people across different platforms during live events. We also come together on uh, Monday nights. Uh, I do exclusive lives inside our NARC app where it's a secured platform for people to be able to engage, interact with different questions, different ideas there that they might not want broadcasted to the entire world. Also, we have the monthly coaching that happens inside the NARC app where you're able to meet with like-minded people, with people that are thriving and living a different life once they've left their abuser or they've left their narcissist and that are trying to learn and gain insight, advice, and coaching to be able to move to the next level of how they continue to grow and change. If you haven't had a chance, check out the NARC app. It's N-A-R-C. It stands for Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Community. It's a community of like-minded people that are on the app to engage with each other, to communicate, to respond to each other, to give advice, to give encouragement, to help record this is the truth, this is the facts that I'm going through on a day-to-day -day basis, and also to track their no contact of how many days they've been separate from that person to keep them accountable. Of it has to be one more. It has to be one more. And if people don't use that, they don't come back every single day to hold themselves accountable, a lot of times they fail or a lot of times they fall. Don't let that be you. Come join us on the app and help us encourage you on a day-to-day -day basis. Wanted to talk to you today about something in regards to torture, okay? The narcissists torture their victims, and you already know that from being in a narcissistic relationship, but I want to talk about torture as far as the word um, coercion at the same time. So we're going to be looking at the book, The Narcissist in Your Life by Julie Hall, and wanted to give you a little bit of perspective, but let me go ahead and kind of set the stage here when it talks about this, okay? Torture, coercion, punishment, and sadism. We're going to focus on coercion. As the saying goes, we often hurt the ones we love, but narcissists, particularly more malignant ones, torture others often deliberately and with little to no restraint or remorse. If that sounds like a hyperbole, let's look at Merriam-Webster's definition of torture says, the infliction of intense pain to coerce, punish, or afford sadistic pleasure, and anguish of the body or mind. 
Now, anyone who's had the misfortune of being targeted by a narcissist knows very well that torture is, in fact, precisely the word for the experience. The abuse can range from psycho-emotional to physical and sexual, but it is inevitable because narcissists feel justified when they hurt others, while at the same time they are always attempting to exert control. Coercion is the first part of the definition of the dictionary definition of torture. Narcissists coerce others, especially their family members, to uphold the manufactured identity they create for themselves in place of the insecurity they actually feel beneath their assertions of superiority. They constantly work to convince themselves that they are perfect, not flawed at all, and they resort to all means of coercion to exact cooperation from those around them to support their need to feel exceptional, extraordinary, and invincible. Now, this gives five examples that we're going to look at, but to set like the baseline is like narcissism feels like torture. That's because it is. It's the idea of actually having that attack on someone else psychologically, mentally, sexually, physically. You're attacking the other person to be able to get a result, to be able to manipulate something out of them. And with the aspect of coercion, it's specifically talking in this, in this aspect of coercion to uphold the mask of how am I going to coerce the family members? How am I gonna coerce the people around me to uphold the image that I'm projecting, the image that I want to put out there so that I don't have to feel bad about myself, so I don't have to acknowledge the things that I've done, and so I can live the life that I want. So let's look at the five things underneath coercion. Here are the common coercive tactics narcissistically disordered people use unconsciously and consciously to gain compliance from others. First one. Isolation, removing the target's independence such by restricting contact with friends, outside family, and social connections, constraining physical freedom, and limiting financial resources. All of these are aspects of isolation. So you see like the typical ones there, friends and family. Friends and family are the typical ones for isolation. And the narcissist wants to isolate that person to control them to control what they think, to control what they do, to control their perception of themselves. Think of it this way. If a narcissist is able to take you away from your friends and your family, they take away your sounding board. They take away the people closest to you that know you the best that would be able to alert you and warn you that, hey, this relationship doesn't look like it's the most effective to be in. This relationship actually looks like it could be a little toxic. This relationship, there's something wrong there. I think you should consider X, Y, and Z. Narcissists is like, if I can isolate you, then I become your main source of validation and the main person that controls your perspective and reality in the world. So they try to make sure that you are isolated from your friends and family. They don't do that by saying, hey, you can't have friends and family. They do that by small little digs, small little things that just slides in to be able to put a small doubt about your family or a small doubt about your friends of like, did you see you know, what she said to you? Did you see how she interacted? It's like, something's wrong. I just feel a little uncomfortable with like what they'll use any little thing to try to cause, cause a divide. That way they can isolate you from those other people. They'll also do it by constraining your physical freedom, like saying, hey, you can't leave, physically blocking the door when there's an argument, like physically not letting you leave, like kidnapping you, like that's what it is. Also, it gives the idea of financial resources, like limiting those so that you can't get out. You're dependent on them so much. They've isolated you financially that there's no chance for you to get out. Number one is isolation and how they coerce. Number two is removal of free will. It says destabilizing the target's fundamental sense of self, 
reality, worldview through persistent questioning and negative judgment. Again, it's not like the narcissist comes out and just hits full on force. No, it's all the little things. Are you sure you want to wear that? Do you think that's really a good idea? All these little things that are demeaning, that slowly bring people down, that make people doubt their self, their reality, and like what is actually happening. And so often this confusing thought plays in their mind, which you'll see in the next one, of where it seems like cognitive dissonance is happening because they don't actually know what's actually true. The narcissist loves to put someone in a fog. They love to shroud them with fear, obligation, and guilt and make them think, hey, there's no other way out of this but by listening to the narcissist. Number three, instilled powerlessness, undermining the target's confidence in his or her thoughts, feelings, and perceptions through distortions of reality, gaslighting, and dismissing and denying truths and facts to cause self-doubt and cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is where my words don't match up my actions. And my words prevail over the actions so many times in abusive relationships where the person is abusive, but they say, oh, I love you. And the person's like, wait a second, I don't want to deal with the abuse. I don't want to think about that, but I'll latch on to the idea of I love you because that's easier to deal with. That's easier to think of. So we hold on to that. We ignore the fact that we're getting abused. And as a result, people end up staying in that relationship longer and longer because they're thinking like, no, like they actually love me. That's just how they express it. That's not. Okay. But they undermine the target's confidence, feelings, perceptions. They do that through the gaslighting, through distorting the reality to make you dependent on their reality, their perception that they're giving you. Number four, thought control. Controlling acceptable opinion and expression in the target through interrogation, judgment, intimidation, rejection, and unspoken rules of engagement. Unspoken rules of engagement are huge with narcissists, especially in the idea of like triangulation. Did you see that person? Like they look pretty cute that way. Did you see how he handled that? Like that was a lot nicer than what you do. All these different things that end up slowly planting in the back of people's minds of like, oh, I'm not good enough. That person is. Oh, they don't like drama. That must mean I'm the drama. All these slight things that a narcissist kind of sneaks into the conversation that makes you realize and understand, hey, something's wrong or I'm not as good. And you have to start changing that mindset. Number five, terror. Controlling the target's words, actions, and thoughts through implied, threatened, or real, verbal, physical, and or sexual violence, often combined with intermittent repentance, promises of change, and or rewards to keep the target in the game and holding out hope for change. And I know a lot of people connect with this. All the abuse with intermittent spots of repentance telling people they're going to change all this hope that holds people on longer. The problem is you wait around so long for these breadcrumbs. You wait along for these breadcrumbs of tiny, like I'm going to change. I'm working on all this different stuff. You wait time and time again for all these breadcrumbs coming on that after a while you start thinking the breadcrumbs are a giant loaf of bread and you're like, wow, this is the best thing ever. No, you're still skipping by because they're going to spread it out. Promises of change Rewards to keep the target in the game. A lot of times I'll use the phrase like extend their stay because they know they're playing a losing game. They know they're playing a game that as soon as you learn, as soon as you understand about narcissism, it's going to be up. But they'll keep trying to do it to be able to control the target's words, actions, and thoughts through how they interact with you. <laughs>